0: Welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed Knight. And I'm Andrew Nicholls. And today on the show, we're talking about how long can you wait before you take your tenant to the tenancy tribunal. Now, this is a really interesting one that's come from list listener of the show, Mike, and he said, guys, is there a statute of limitations for taking someone to the tenancy tribunal? He's had a previous rental management company, in this case, it was the local Barford and Thompson branch, who didn't launch the bond. They then had an unsavoury tenant move in, and they were left with some repairs to remedy with no apparent recourse. So what's the story here? So it sounds like this tenant's already moved out and they're now thinking about this after the fact. Now, I love questions from listeners of the show because usually they're quite curly and we've got to go away and do some research on this. So generally speaking, you've got 60 days from when the tenancy ends to take them to the tribunal. Now, the reason behind this is that within that 60-day period, any of the letters that's going to be served back to that property where they were living in. But after that 60 days, you've got to find out their new address and you need to give a reason why you haven't done it within those first 60 days. Now, Andrew's got a really good story for us, which he'll share in a minute about how to recover the tenant's address. But just before I get into that, I want to talk about, well, what's actually a good reason why you've left it for a while? What would be a good reason that you've left it for 60 days? A really obvious one that's topical right now would be COVID that perhaps the branches were closed for some time, you weren't able to find out their new address. There'd be so many good reasons why over the last couple of months you might not have been able to lodge something at the tenancy tribunal. But another really common one would be where the tenant has admitted in writing, hey, look, yeah, I am liable for those repairs. I probably did leave it in a bit of a state of disrepair or I've caused some damage. Let me pay you back over a 12-week period or whatever it happens to be. So they've agreed to remedy, but then if they lapse on that, if they default on that, that's a really good reason if it was after the 60 days to say, cool, let's head back to the tenancy tribunal. But Andrew, I want to know, if it was after 60 days, what's the story about how you found the tenant's address after their fact? Uh, Now, this
1: is a bit of a a rare situation. Now, this is just one of Andrew Nichols' lessons from managing properties himself, which I'm sure I've said on the show a thousand times, just don't do it. But back in the days when I did this myself, I had some really bad tenants at 12 Maple Place Rangiora. And so I was managing this property myself. And so I did the usual thing of chose some good tenants. Well, chose the first tenants. They're going to pay the rent, in theory, that I was asking. So I put them in. And I should have known that these people were mental pretty quickly because I would just get phone calls all the time. And I made the mistake of giving them an inch. And so the first thing that they asked me to do was spider-proof the house because I'd seen a big spider. And so generous Andrew Nichol thought, oh, I'll just do that. How do you (laughs)
0: spider-proof a house?
1: So you basically employ a bunch of dogs to walk around eating spiders. No, you spray it. So they go around and they spray all the walls on the exterior of the house. And it puts a barrier that spiders die. When they come in contact with, them. and they like, it's amazing. You see them all come out of the thing, die. I mean, it sounds quite morbid, but that's what happens. <laughs> okay. Anyway, spider your house. Anyway, I did that, and then next thing it was, I want something to the fence, and I was like, oh, I don't know about these, and so I said no. Anyway the relationship got bad from then onwards and she would ring me up and she'd be screaming at me that, you know, was so unfair and th- there was definitely this perception because it was like 20, oh, 20 and he owns a house, we don't own a house, I'm not paying that and, you know, he's got a nice enough car and they were just terrible with their rents and I was terrible at following up with it and so it just got from bad to worse and so I had to take them to the tribunal. That's very unfortunate. Now, this is the one that you bullied your parents into. Correct, correct, yeah, yeah, correct, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. Which, I mean, I never involved them in this, I just made up the shortfall in the rent. And like we'd seriously got to like $5,000 in arrears by the time actually this got heard by the tribunal, because what happened was they decided they were moving out and they were so far behind in the rent, and so they just couldn't get caught up. And when I took them to the tribunal, they stopped paying. Now, in that instance, Andrew Nichol hadn't lodged the bond either. Now, luckily for me, because I think this is a discretionary fine, we went to the tribunal and the tribunal said, oh, well, it's the first time that you know, this has happened, so we're not going to fine them on it. And it was just, you know, I just didn't think about it, to be honest. And so I got awarded this, you know, X amount of judgment, and then they moved out of the house. But I had no forwarding address. And they were paying off this fine over like a very long period of time at like $5 a week or something ridiculous like that. Now, I didn't have their address. Now, they left a bunch of stuff in the house, in the garage that they wanted later on. So... And this is a long time ago, before you know things like tiles were around. I looked online and I found this GPS tracker, and so I bought this GPS tracker from the United States, and I put it inside the DVD player that was. Oh no, no, sorry. I had a like a defunct DVD player, so I unscrewed the components. It hasn't heard the story yet, so he's really enjoying it. And I glued this tracker in there and you bought a sim card and you put it in there and then I said oh you can come and collect your stuff and they wanted somewhere where you know it was a car park so I remember driving to the Northlands car park and putting this box of stuff there with a DVD player anyway they thought they won the lottery (laughs) and so they took everything including this DVD player back to their house then all I had to do was ring this unit and it would ping the address. And so I had their address and then I drove past, and sure enough, I saw their car in the driveway and the next day I served them with the information that they need to pay me this money. Anyway, they buggered off back to Australia and never paid me any of the money. So the joke was on (laughs) me in the end, but it was something a bit wild and wacky. Nowadays, you can do this with a a tiny little thing called a tile, which Ed's got one on his keyring, so I know where he is at any time, and you can actually see someone's address. But normally, you don't have to go about this. There are other mechanisms. I think you can actually go to people like Work and Income. One of these people were on a benefit, and I think they have to forward it on to them.
0: That's so devious, but I wouldn't put it past you. I can just imagine 20-year-old Andrew Nickel gluing this GPS tracker that he's bought off Amazon up on something. Now, what's really important here, coming back to it, sorry, Mike, is that as a landlord, if the bond isn't lodged, there is usually a $1,000 fine because that bond hasn't been lodged. And look, because it was run through the local Barford and Thompson branch, you'd expect that this is probably going to be applied. So if you are taking your tenants here to the Tenancy Tribunal, then you've got to make sure that it's actually worth it. If you already know you're going to be fined, then you've got to make sure that what you're going to be asking for might be $3,000 so that the net is two grand. You don't want to be going for $1,100 in total because the difference is only 100 in that case if you're pursuing them through the Tennessee Tribunal. But hey, look, you're dealing with a large and respected property management company. It's a decent-sized one with a big brand in Auckland that protects it. So I'd be suggesting that you're hitting up the local Barford & Thompson agency And finding out what went on here, because something's gone wrong. And Andrew, you own Venture Property Management, property management company that services all over the country. You know that you'd be paying this if somebody approached you. hey,
1: look, I can tell you now, if someone brought this to me, and it was an investor who we had dropped the ball on, Andrew Nickel would get out his checkbook and pay it. Because I think it is completely inappropriate that a firm of that size hadn't lodged bond. I also think that they should not have released the bond if there was damages to the property. So I think that the damages should be paid by Barford and Thompson, at least up to the value of the bond. And I would actually make this their problem. If they then hadn't filed with them, then that's on them. Go back to them, Mike, and say, I'm sorry, but you didn't do what you need to do as a property manager. And therefore, the onus is on you to remedy this. And look, you might not get that back in the lump sum payment. I'd get them to do the work and maybe they can discount their fees for the next 12 months or 24 months to make that right but At the very least, I'd be wanting them to pay it, and or I'd be looking for a new property manager.
0: Yeah, so you could be asking for the money up front. If if they're a bit tough, then you could look to negotiate as a discount on fees. Hey, the other thing I want to talk about, because a lot of you will then be thinking, well, how do I know that my property manager has actually lodged that bond at Tenancy Services? And it's really simple, because once the property management firm has done this, they will get a letter from Tenancy Services... Saying that that's been done. So you can simply ask for that letter and it should be forwarded to you and to the tenant as soon as it's been lodged. So the property management firm should be passing that on. And it must be lodged within 23 days of that tenancy starting. So if you haven't received that letter within three weeks, you should be following up with your property management company to make sure that that's lodged because you don't want to be putting yourself in line for that $1,000 fine if you ever have to take this tenant to the tenancy services.
1: Yeah, and if it's uh, you know just standard operating that you ask for that, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I remember we talked, I think last week or the week before on scams, and I might have mentioned that you know one of the first property managers I used scammed me by not lodging the bond. And then when he disappeared, the money went with it. So it's worth doing. Fantastic.
0: Let's wrap it up there. But please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. Really helps us get the message out to more people. And hey, if you've got a topic that you'd like Andrew and I to talk about on the show, give us a text. Our number is 5522. We want to hear from you. We want to make this a two-way conversation. So whip out your phone and send us a message. We really do want to hear from you. listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Eric Knight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics, and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.